0: Section 1 of Guelphs and Ghibellines, a short history of medieval Italy, from 1250 to 1409. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Nagami, M.D. Guelphs and Ghibellines, a short history of medieval Italy, from 1250 to 1409, by Oscar Browning. Chapter 1. Introduction Frederick Barbarossa, Innocent III, Frederick II By those who divide the whole of history into three great periods, medieval history is held to begin with the year 476 A.D., the year which witnessed the fall of the Empire of the West. Whatever may have been the effect of this event upon the world at large, it was certainly a great crisis in the history of Italy romulus augustulus a roman or a pannonian by birth whose name recalled by a curious coincidence the mythical origin and the constitutional establishment of the roman empire was deposed from the imperial throne and the syrian odoacer assumed the title of king of italy he reigned from 476 to 493 the year 489 marks the descent into the italian plains of the ostrogoths the eastern division of the great gothic nation whose western brethren conquered spain and part of africa their first king was the mighty theodoric whose palace still exists at ravenna and whose reign immortalised in the earliest epochs of the teutonic race extended over the first quarter of the sixth century from 489 to 526. For twenty-five years longer, his successors feebly maintained the glory of the Gothic name, until in 553 they were unable to withstand the power of the emperor Justinian. This famous lawgiver was by origin a Slav, as his name Uprada shows, so that the Ostrogoths were barbarians conquered by a barbarian. In 568, a more powerful race descended into the valley of the po the lombards or longobardi under their king Alboin. their dominion lasted for more than two centuries until the year 774 italy was under them divided into thirty-six duchies there was a lombardy of the south around beneventum as there was a lombardy of the north around milan The latter district has retained its name until our own day we find in these changes conditions which have been repeated through successive ages until our own time a german race subjugates the rich territory of the south the popes the bishops of rome preserve their independence and become in a certain sense the asserters of italian freedom too weak to stand by their own power the popes apply for assistance to France. The arms of Pepin and of Charlemagne supported the temporal power, as it was afterwards supported by Charles of Anjou, by Charles of Valois, by Charles Eighth, and Napoleon Third. In 800, Charles the Great became Emperor of the West. Lombardy was held by his family from its conquest in 774, till the expulsion of charles the fat in 888 the anarchy which succeeded opened up italy as a prey to new invaders the hungarians poured down in a torrent from the north the saracens who had conquered sicily in the second quarter of the century pressed upwards from the south while other swarms of the same race settled on the shores of the mediterranean between genoa and nice these horrors had one good result the towns fortified themselves in self-defence and with the help of their local trained bands laid the germs of future liberty in nine sixty the saxon otto assumed the imperial crown of charles the great it is no part of the object of this book to describe in detail the early history of mediaeval italy the period with which we are concerned begins in twelve fifty after the death of the emperor frederick the second the last great monarch who founded a kingdom of italy which was able to hold its own against the power of the popes at the same time it is necessary to trace in their previous development the forces which are found in full operation at the time when our narrative begins we shall see in the first place a continual struggle going on between the power of the emperor and the freedom of the towns this has its origin from the establishment of a feudal hierarchy in italy by otto the saxon which was weak in power and short in duration it scarcely lasted till the death of otto the third in one thousand and two conrad the salian was not able to revive it and we find at his death in ten thirty nine that the best protection for the security of the feudal princes lay in recommending themselves to the growing power of the towns. Another condition which affects the whole course of medieval Italian history is the constant contentions between the emperors and the popes. The relations between them began in the exchange of mutual benefits. The popes gave a divine sanction to the claim of the princes of the house of Charles the Great to bear the title of emperor and received in return the recognition of their temporal sovereignty a succession of weak and vicious popes failed to assert their power against the rival efforts of good and judicious emperors the quarrel between them burst into flame when the boy henry the fourth was left to wield the sceptre of his grandfather conrad and when the mighty hildebrand swayed the councils of the roman curia hildebrand who governed each succeeding pope long before he assumed the tiara for himself may be regarded as the founder of the papal power as it now exists he insisted on the celibacy of the clergy the first condition necessary for a devoted and obedient hierarchy and at the council of the lateran held in ten seventy five forbade all priests to receive investiture at the hands of laymen This branded with illegality a feudal custom which had been regarded as usual in the confirmation of a prelate, and began a dispute which lasted throughout the Middle Ages, and can hardly even now be considered as extinct. Also by insisting on the importance of the doctrine of the real presence in the Eucharist, he tightened the band of intellectual submission to the authority of Rome having thus laid down a firm basis for his spiritual power he obtained by his allegiance with the countess matilda of tuscany a better right than the pope had yet acquired to large material possessions the seal was set to the efforts of a long career when the emperor henry the fourth clad in the shirt of penitence stood with bare feet throughout three winter days in the courtyard of the castle of canossa and sued in vain for pardon the rivalry between pope and emperor eventually took the form of civil war between guelphs and ghibellines the eleventh century witnessed the introduction of a new element into the quarrels of the peninsula the normans a scandinavian race who had brought a new language and a new civilization into one of the fairest parts of france began to found an empire in italy about fifty years before they accomplished the conquest of england they overran apulia and calabria notwithstanding the resistance of the popes and proceeded to wrest sicily from the hands of the saracens they destroyed three centres of independence which shone conspicuously on that part of the mediterranean coast which has too often been the seat of tyranny and oppression the republics of Naples, Gaeta, and Amalfi, the last of which demands our special reverence. The traveller who visits the little fishing town, squeezed in between the mountains and the sea, affording a mere niche of vantage on the iron-bound coasts between the great harbours of Palermo and Naples, finds it difficult to imagine that he sees the site of a republic, which probably invented the mariner's compass which was among the first to give laws to the commerce of the sea, and which preserved with superstitious reverence the sacred copy of the pandex, from which the knowledge of the Roman law in the Middle Ages is said to have been derived. These southern republics disappeared forever. Their sisters of the north were more fortunate in their destiny. Venice, founded by fugitives who sought refuge among the lagoons of the Adriatic, from the invasion of attila and his huns established its capital on the rialto in 809. its beginnings were humble and obscure we shall find that at the close of the middle ages after a career of irregular prosperity and glory it still holds rank among the chief powers of europe the republics of pisa and genoa came earlier to maturity and suffered an earlier fate they wore out their strength in perpetual and barren rivalry pisa still attests by its marble cathedral its leaning bell-tower and its burial-ground furnished with the holy earth of gethsemane and glowing with frescoes of orcagne the place at once held among the cities of the mediterranean but the port is silted up grass grows in the streets and the walls enclose a space far too large for its inhabitants It first fell before the maritime rivalry of Genoa, and then became part of the land empire of Florence. Genoa still flourishes as part of a united Italy, and extends its commerce at the cost of Marseille. But it spent in selfish money-making the strength which Venice used in the creation of an eastern empire and in resistance to the advancing Turk. The beginning of the twelfth century witnessed the rise of Milan to a position of supremacy over the towns in the valley of the Po under the later Roman Empire. This town had been the rival of Rome as the see of St. Ambrose and at a later period of San Carlo Borromeo. It twice took the lead in ecclesiastical reform, sometimes the asserter of liberty, sometimes the home of despotism at one time enslaved and destroyed at another wealthy and triumphant it represented in its own vicissitudes the varying fortunes of the lombard plain the death of henry v in eleven twenty five gave prominence to two factions whose names are intimately associated with the internal wars of italy the salian or franconian emperors the descendants of conrad were also known by the name of weiblingen from a castle which they occupied in the diocese of augsburg the house of bavaria having had many princes of the name of wulf came to be generally known by this appellation the two words were Italianized into Gibellino and guelfo and as the later salic emperors had been enemies of the church the two parties ranged themselves respectively on the sides of the empire and the papacy. Also as a general rule, the Ghibellines supported the principles of strong governance and the Guelphs those of freedom and self-rule. These differences did not break out into open flame until the expedition of Frederick Barbarossa into Italy. Elected emperor in 1152, he passed into Italy in 1154 he came there on the invitation of the pope of the prince of capua and of the towns which had been subjected to the ambition of milan he marched at the head of his german feudatories a splendid and imposing array his first object was to crush the power of milan and to exalt that of pavia the head of a rival league nothing could stand against him at viterbo he was compelled to hold the stirrup of the pope and in return for this submission he received the crown from the pontiff's hands in the basilica of st peter he returned northwards by the valley of the tiber dismissed his army at ancona and with difficulty escaped safely into bavaria his passage left little that was solid and durable behind it he had effected nothing against the king of naples his friendship with the pope was illusory and short-lived the dissensions of the north which had been hushed for a moment by his presence broke out again as soon as his back was turned he had however received the crown of charles the great from the hands of the successor of st peter but frederick was not a man to brook easily the miscarriage of his designs in eleven fifty eight he collected another army at ulm brescia was quickly subdued lodi which had been destroyed by the melanesi was rebuilt and milan itself was reduced to terms this peace lasted but for a short time milan revolted and was placed under the ban of the empire the fate of cremona taught the milanese what they had to expect from the clemency of the emperor after a desultory warfare regular siege was laid to the town on march first eleven sixty two milan reduced by famine surrendered at discretion and a fortnight later all the inhabitants were ordered to leave the town the circuit of the walls was partitioned out among the most pitiless enemies of its former greatness and the inhabitants of lodi cremona of pavia of novara and of como were encouraged to wreak their vengeance on their defeated rival for six days the imperial army laboured to overturn the walls and public buildings and when the emperor left for Pavia on Palm Sunday, 1162, not a fiftieth part of the city was standing. This terrible vengeance produced a violent reaction. The homeless fugitives were received by their ancient enemies, and local jealousies were merged in common hatred of the common foe. Frederick had already been excommunicated by Pope Alexander III as supporter of his rival Victor. Verona undertook to be the public vindicator of discontent. Five years after the destruction of Milan, the Lombard League numbered fifteen towns amongst its members. Venice, Verona, Vicenza, Treviso, Ferrara, Brescia, Bergamo, Cremona, Milan, Lodi, Piacenza, Parma, Modena, and Bologna the confederation solemnly engaged to expel the emperor from italy the towns on the frontier of piedmont asked and obtained admission to the league and to mark the dawn of freedom a new town was founded on the low marshy ground which is drained by the bormida and the tenaro and which afterwards witnessed the victory of marengo it was named by its founders alessandria in honour of the pope who had vindicated their independence of the empire it was named by the Ghibellines, in derision of its filthy squalor, Alessandria della Paglia, Alessandria, the town of straw. The Lombard League had, unfortunately, a very imperfect constitution. It had no common treasure, no uniform rules for the apportionment of contributions. It existed solely for the purposes of defence against the external foe. The time was not yet come when self-sacrifice and self-abnegation could lay the foundations of a united Italy. Frederick spent six years in preparing vengeance. In 1174 he laid siege to the new Alexandria, but did not succeed in taking it. A severe struggle took place two years later. In 1176 a new army arrived from Germany, and on May 29th, Frederick Barbarossa was entirely defeated at Legnano. In 1876, the seventh hundredth anniversary of the battle was celebrated on the spot where it was gained, and it is still regarded as the birthday of Italian freedom. The last years of Frederick do not concern us. In his old age, he assumed the badge of a crusader and was drowned in 1190 in the river Kalikadnos in Armenia two great personalities now claim our attention on the scene of history pope innocent the third and the emperor frederick the second their career fills up the period between the death of frederick barbarossa and the date chosen for the commencement of our detailed history innocent the third was elected pope in the year 1199 at the age of thirty-seven he completed the fabric of the papal power the foundations of which had been laid by Hildebrand. The dissensions of the empire gave opportunity for the assertion of the pope's authority. Frederick II, infant son of the last emperor, Henry VI, was left as the ward of Innocent, having been created king of the Romans during his father's lifetime. His succession to the imperial crown was disputed by Philip, Duke of Schwabia, and by Otto of the Bavarian and Saxon line. Innocent warmly supported the cause of his ward, with the object of increasing and extending the power of the tiara. He placed the city of Rome under the government of a senator who was able to curb the excesses of the turbulent nobles. He established three Guelphic leagues against the power of the emperor, one in the march or seaboard of the Adriatic, Another in the valley of the Tiber, and the third in Tuscany. He held the language of imperious command to every court in Europe. He ordered Andrew, king of Hungary, to undertake a crusade, the kings of Denmark and Sweden to depose the king of Norway, Philip Augustus of France to take back the wife whom he had repudiated. He forced the proudest sovereigns to receive their crowns from his hands the king of portugal the king of aragon the king of poland and the king of england at last he found himself face to face with otto the fourth emperor of germany otto received the imperial crown from the pope's hands and there was a transient gleam of peace and amity but their short-lived friendship was soon broken by the strain of divergent interests open war broke out between otto and frederick innocent succeeded in all his enterprises the power of otto was broken at the battle of bouvines in twelve fourteen a victory which gave the first impulse to the aggrandisement of france at the expense of germany frederick was amused and deluded by the hope of the imperial crown in his last years the pope had leisure to turn his arms against the manichaean heretics who starting from the mountains of bulgaria carried their pure but stern religion westwards in a constant stream which never lost touch with its fountainhead, and under the names of paterini ketzer and albigenses earned the execration of their contemporaries and the respect of posterity innocent the third died in twelve eleven and otto lived only two years longer frederick the second is one of the most picturesque and fascinating characters in history king of sicily at four years old he grew up to manhood under the protection of the pope he was one of the most cultivated men of a cultivated age he spoke latin french german greek and arabic he was one of the first to give importance to the italian tongue his court was crowded with literary men he was himself an author of repute he was the paragon of knightly virtues and accomplishments free and secular in his opinions and habits the great valley of central italy which is shut off by two parallel chains of apennines from the mediterranean and adriatic sea is full of his towers his churches and his castles when he received the imperial crown from pope honorius the third in twelve twenty there seemed a fair hope that the quarrel between church and state might be for ever appeased and that they might reign with similar but unequal power, like the sun and the moon in heaven. But the thirty years which followed were full of misery and disaster. Frederick was excommunicated because he did not go to the crusade. He was excommunicated because he went. Gregory succeeded Honorius, and Innocent Gregory. At each vacancy of the Holy See, Frederick sued for peace st louis of france interceded for a king who had saved an army of crusaders at cyprus but each succeeding pope excommunicated and deposed the emperor and absolved his subjects from their allegiance three forces were especially arrayed against him the principle of which was that of the popes as heads of the guelphic party the rival interests of guelphs and ghibellines were too real to slumber or to be concealed the success of a ghibelline emperor meant the subjection of italy to germany the binding of north and south together in an unnatural union the establishment of a great power in europe fatal to the freedom of the nations innocent the had made use of frederick whilst he was too weak to repel a more formidable foe his successors broke with this hollow and impossible alliance frederick was also opposed by the resistance of the lombard league he was it is true very different to barbarossa he was an italian to the backbone and had he been accepted as sovereign his power in germany might have slipped away from him but he was emperor and a hohenstaufen and the towns of italy loved liberty with the danger of anarchy rather than unity with the possibility of subjection in the third place he was at variance with the spiritual powers which were at work in italy during this period innocent the third had established the two great orders of franciscans and dominicans as a support to the papacy it is difficult to exaggerate the influence which these friars have had on the development of the italian people but there is a striking contrast between the poverty chastity and obedience of the franciscan brotherhood and the gay light-hearted dissolute and free-thinking court of the brilliant emperor never were the church and the world brought into sharper antagonism frederick died at ferentino on december thirteenth twelve fifty with his death a new era begins for italy one in which purely italian forces reach their highest activity and development this period will form the subject of the present work. End of section 1